Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it's hip to be square. We survived Bayhem and made it out of Transform A, but we can't leave Cybertron yet, Normies, because it's Bumble June, only on Normies Like Us. Podcasts in disguise. I found a planet Earth. Bumblebee. What is that car doing in our garage? We are Decepticon peacekeepers patrolling the galaxy. They literally call themselves Decepticons. That doesn't set off any red flags. Enough from both of you. You heard it up top. Transform A has been swallowed up by Unicron. But that's all right because one Transformer made it out. It's Bumble June only <laughs> on Normies Like Us with your hosts, um, Colin Jumper. I'll, I'll be Mike Wave, Ravage, Eject, uh, Bumble Jacob. Wow, <laughs> and special. Didn't really try on that one. <laughs> very special guest. Introduce yourself. I'm Evan. You can call me Evan Tron, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Auto Evan, Evan Bot. Yeah, any of them. But uh, Evan, my brother. We're we're very happy to have you as a special guest on this Bumblebee podcast. Yeah, I'm privileged to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you to watch you for the doing good that. one. You know, we've gone yes, through yeah, five of these. <laughs> yes. No, you did not. I even texted you while I was watching. It's like, oh, thank you for letting me watch this movie again. Like, <laughs> so. Yeah, I felt much the same way uh, after getting through the Michael Bay ones. It's like, ah, oh, yes, this what a respite of right an oasis of transformation. Yeah, it was like a. It was a breath of fresh air, right? We watched Truly. five Michael Bay movies and then, you know, just have this one. It's like a perfect, uh, you know, after meal. Well, it's yeah. a chaser. I, yeah. Ironically, yeah. the last one was called The Last Night, but that was not the case because the director of this uh, is also a knight. Oh, Travis Knight. The Travis yeah. Knight Rises. <laughs> um, right. Now, I got to say, Ev, as our special guest on this podcast, I've kind of talked about our familial history in the past five episodes with Transformers. We liked them as kids. You liked them especially. We had a pretty good collection, wouldn't you say? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, it helped that we grew up in an area that was pretty much dominated by collector toy stores, like science fiction areas, things like that. Cincinnati sci-fi. We could sure. just go and buy old Generation 1 Transformers. We're like from that. Ohio. Kenner, nice. a Hasbro yeah. connection there. They kind of absorb each other. It's kind of the toy capital unofficially, the Star Wars toys. We've talked about that in the past. But the thing I want to point out now, what I've kind of hinted at, Normies, but the cool connection here is that, Evan, you love these toys as a kid. One of the only people that I knew who could use them, you know, our parents would be like, try to do something with them. They'd bring over family friends who wouldn't be able to figure them out. You would do, 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 figure them out in front of them. You've grown up to make Transformers. You work for Hasbro as a designer for Transformer toys. Yep. That is it's weird. So awesome. So, <laughs> wow. Well, it's the dream. It still doesn't feel real, even though we're on, according to my little plaque in the back year five of it happening wow but, uh, wow yeah yeah it's, well, it's awesome. quite the collection you've got if, if you're watching on youtube people you can tell evan <laughs> definitely knows his transformers it, i guess growing up with a him was a bit. transformative experience for both uh, colin and evan Ooh, say, there we go <laughs> definitely the closest to i think any property we've ever talked to i think evan is this yes working on the actual it started as a toy line and working on the toys that's as close as we've gotten i think and uh you know, on any of these. So 
thanks for joining again. Very exciting stuff. What is it like to yeah. be a fan and have your hand in something you are a fan of? <laughs> uh, it's actually kind of shocking because when you go in there as a fan, you expect everybody else to be as knowledgeable as you are sure. about the brand. And that is not the case most of the time, mm. um, which is good and bad. Um, but it's still fantastic. Like it's still a lot of fun. Like people are there because they love it and they want to make good toys and things like that. Sometimes right. people will drop the most random obscure reference while you're working and you're just like, I know what you're talking about. Like, <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. So, so I'm curious awesome. to know, um, you know, what, what is your opinion on the, on the movie side of things? Uh, you know, what's your history with the, you know, the Transformers series? The do you Bay like the Formers. Michael Bay movies? Uh, how do you feel about those? I think you guys summed it up in your podcast about the first one where it was like, this is like a historic monumental event. And it was like, that movie was okay. And that's all it needed to be. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I look back on that first movie very fondly and then it's just like, Oh, Oh. And then it's just like a tumbling snowball afterwards <laughs> where it was just sure. like, Oh God, it's not stopping. Oh God. Um, no breaks. Yeah. I remember when movies come out before, lockdown happened and everything like that hasbro would always rent out a theater um to kind of like get everybody in the building to go see the movie for the first part of the friday and then you'd go back to work and i remember seeing the fifth one in theaters with like the rest of like the hasbro crew and i was sitting with my friends mm -hmm. and we all checked our watches like seven times throughout <laughs> the movie yeah and it was just like it's still going what is happening? Mm -hmm. Wow. The, the last was, night was rising. You can't tune that out. Marky Mark was uh, <laughs> using a sword. Okay, right. And that's another thing about Bumblebee. It's mercifully two hours long, right? <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Like, that's how yes, long most is. movies should be, I feel like. But it, in yeah. two hours long, just a small group of characters that you get to know and you get to love. And right. you just get these great interactions. And it's just like, oh, wow, this is like a movie. Yeah. This isn't just like a visual explosion in my face that I can't follow. Yes, there's, totally. There's things happening that lead into one another. It's, it's wild. There's plot points <laughs> that matter. It's, it's something. Uh, set up and pay off like the, the simplest of things that's like, right <laughs> yeah yeah 101 um but yeah it's so it's so enjoyable that i ended up watching it twice because it wasn't long enough Same. i was so used oh, to wow. having <laughs> four hours transformers experience <laughs> right. and i watched it twice uh, uh but yeah it's uh it'll be really fun to talk about uh this movie here and if we um wanted to jump right in i say it's time to transform this uh intro into a proper episode let's do it Let's do I it. agree Let's with you, out. friend Mike. I haven't heard you speak since Cybertron fell. We're back. We're talking Bumblebee. It's a blast from the past. We're going to the 1980s, but first. A little history on the movie. Director Travis Knight, he's coming off of Leica Animation, a stop-motion animation studio. He gets picked to reboot. Kind of. We'll talk about that as we go <laughs> through. But he, he comes in to tackle this franchise a year after Michael Bay has left it in 2017. Bumblebee comes out in 2018, and it's a fresh take in the past. They want to go smaller, more intimate. Um, uh, more emphasis on 
one character over a bunch of characters. Uh, Ev, I'm going to ask, did you see this with the Hasbro team as well? I did. Yeah. I would have to imagine happier. The atmosphere. Yes. Um, like I went in not expecting anything. Um, just because it was like, I've been burned so many times before. Like it just felt like why (laughs) even have hopes going in to see this. (laughs) But then the first five minutes happen and you're just like, this is, this is what I wanted. This is what I have always wanted. And then it just kept going. And it's like, yeah, throughout the movie, you can point out the dumb stuff, but you were just like, I'm having fun. I can feel my heart beating. Like, what is this? Like, uh. Right. Oh, man. Absolutely. I bet there's not as much watch checking uh, on that screening. <laughs> yeah, amongst you'd the have Hasbro to hope team. not. Now, no, I'm going to ask my so. boys here, do you recall where you were? Now, 2018, mm. this is a Christmas release. It's one of the rare movies in the past five years that didn't have to go up against a Star Wars at that time. Mm. Solo had come out earlier in the summer month. That's where they were kind of trying to figure out what they were going to do. Unfortunately, this motherfucker went up against our old friend, Arthur Curry, Aquaman, and got Steve Rowland. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) Interesting. I remember, um, actually, I remember when the trailer came out for this movie, and, you know, at that point, I hadn't seen, like, two through five of the Transformers movies. But when I saw that trailer, I was like, oh, this looks, you know, this looks promising. Um, and then I remember seeing in theaters, uh, I was with my family for, uh, you know, the Christmas, uh, vacation and we always go to see movies around Christmas and usually it's star Wars and stuff. But I, I basically was able to convince my mom and my family to go see a transformers movie. I was like, no, it's wow. going to be good. Like check out the trailer. Uh, and I remember watching in theaters and being like, wow, this is really good. And I don't think it's like a perfect movie or like, I don't think it's the best Transformers movie that could ever exist, but it's the best that does exist at this point. Right. And it's just so refreshing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, and it's, I think it was especially stark when I rewatched it just after seeing all the Michael Bay movies, like what a difference it is that the the transformer design, the human characters, like it's so much, you know, it's such a step up, I think. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Big time, yeah. I saw this in, in theaters, you know. Um, I don't remember, like, right on Christmas, but, you know, I saw the trailer, too, and I had only seen the first three Transformers films. I hadn't seen uh, Kate Yeager yet, which, my mistake, <laughs> had I known. Had I only known. Um, but, yeah, this one was super refreshing, as you said, Evan. The first five minutes, it's that's the best Transformers movie ever made, is all the stuff yeah. on Cybertron. And right. then the rest of it is, like, E.T., with Bumblebee, yes. right? It's yeah. very it's clearly pure eighties infusion. And <laughs> the, totally. Yeah, and and the choice to put it in the eighties, like that's when you know we were growing up and being fans of the Transformers. So it's like True. that's the music you were listening to when you were tuning in to watch the show and putting true. together the toys. True, true, I mean, true. yeah, it's very smart. I mean, it's a nostalgia grab, but it's like that's the yeah. audience that it's kind of for. And uh, and I also think like. Um, you know, 80s nostalgia is like pretty big, especially a couple years ago. You got Stranger Things, like it's really had a resurgence Atomic where there's blonde. a lot of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of cashing in on that, but I mean, it works because I like the 80s nostalgia type stuff, and there's a lot of good needle drops in here, good 80s music and stuff. So instead of Linkin Park, we get a bunch of 80s songs, which is We get a lot of cool. Smiths, Jacob. You know I'm into yeah. the soundtrack. We get Rick rolled at one point, and Bumblebee is not <laughs> we a fan. Do. Now, if you recall, yeah. we were talking about that trailer. That is how that first trailer ended, which was, right. you know, here's a meme. Let's get the young people in it. But I just want to jump back to 
Jacob, your mom and sister saw this in theaters. I am very happy to hear that because this is, yeah. you know, it's it's a Leica movie, like we said. But, you know, Leica as an animation studio, I always compare to Studio Ghibli, right? Like uh, another mm. very high-end uh, sort of incrosocratic, you know, uh, look at, at young women's stories, right? That's what a lot of Hayao Miyazaki movies are about. This film, sure. kind of a Hayao Miyazaki movie, right? I like that a young lady could watch this and be like, well, actually, Bumblebee's my favorite movie ever. Yeah, and I remember my sister really enjoying this movie, and she would never like Transformers normally. Like, no. she would never like any of the Michael Bay <laughs> movies or anything like that. She doesn't like she Star Wars, so she's... Them. Definitely not on that side of things, but she loved this movie. And, like, there's a lot of cute moments with Bumblebee and, uh, you know, uh, Breakfast Club references and everything. So, <laughs> I think it's, it's really accessible for anyone to get into it. Um, and, Colin, when you talk about Leica, for people who don't know, you know, that's, you know, Coraline, Kubo and the Two Strings, which I think is uh, mm-hmm. Travis Knight's first directorial yes. date, uh, film, I think. Um, yeah. So, those kind of stop motion movies, which those are real. Like, I love Coraline. That's a great movie, too. Coraline um, could be a Hayao Miyazaki movie, you know what I mean? Totally, like it's, totally. it's the one that's the closest to, and what I would argue, like Bumblebee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the other thing I want to ask Evan, you know, as a lifelong Transformers fan and very distinguished guest, having a, a director coming out of animation background, like I think that really lent itself to the action, the Transformers action. How do you feel about those scenes? Like oh. you said, that first five minutes and anything else? Just seeing the Transformer designs and the blocking, and they just they realized, hey, let's like maybe solidify this a little bit more. Like they took Bumblebee's proportions, they kind of bulked him up, they made him more like Mega Man esque with like bigger boots, mm. but there were also bigger breaks of yellow color. So when you looked at him, he wasn't just a pile of broken glass, mm, and you sure. could see like, oh, that's a character. Like, mm-hmm. and then it's like the action was solid. You could follow what was going on because all the characters had like a very distinct color scheme to them. Like, no, it was it was wonderful. That's yeah. true. Like, yeah, as a designer, you could kind of speak to the way they were able to solidify those silhouettes of each character and like, like make them more readable. Because we've been complaining about that in all the Michael Bay ones. Like, even just give the Decepticons some color. Like, give it something that we please. can read. And they've done a great job, I think, with all the characters in this of yeah. making them readable. Even background characters in the Cybertron stuff. They're, they're awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think what really stuck out to me in the beginning was Optimus Prime, his design. I mean, if you look at the cartoons, like, it looks so, you know, dead on to what the cartoons, like, in a you know, in such a good way. And also I like what you said about the blocking and the action because it just felt Mm. like, um, you know, someone playing with their toys, like that's how they would kind of block out an action scene. You know, it doesn't, it's not all chaotic and lots of crazy cuts and, you know, shaky cam. It's just, you can follow the action. And I, you know, I just love that part. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that is children playing with toys. It's like a lot of people don't realize that it's like toys are literally just tools for kids to tell stories with. And so right. it's like, Beautiful. you expand upon that by giving them like these sort of things. And it's just like, you're invoking their imagination and that's what this should do. And that's what it did. So absolutely. Yeah, it definitely yeah. It kind of triggered our own imaginations. And it's like, they gave Optimus a mouth in the Michael Bay ones. Cause like, oh, how are they going to know he's talking? But just yeah. having that little mouth yeah. guard, that's enough. And, it, and it's like, awesome. Yeah. It, Unfortunately, it's just like, yeah. Oh yeah, no. I'm saying the only the only downside of Optimus in this movie is he doesn't say his iconic line, 
I will kill you. <laughs> I will kill you. You must. Yeah, oh yeah, they didn't make thirsty in this movie. Oh yeah, he's god, bloodthirsty yeah. in this one. Yeah, they didn't make Optimus Prime a murderer in this one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, where it's Sentinel take. Prime going, no Optimus, and then he blows his brains <laughs> die, out, and it's die. like, ah, oh, <laughs> this yeah. is the heroic leader that we all cared about. Oh, he is actually right. heroic in this. Like they finally make Optimus feel. Correct. Yes. You know? Let's jump into There's, it a little. We we get yeah. a nice start on Cybertron. Wildly different looking than our past movies. Again, there's supposed to be this tentative connection that maybe this is a prequel. I want that all thrown out. Travis Knight seems to have his foot in both worlds, unfortunately. But we go through exactly like what we're saying. We're shown an Autobot uprising, a civil war against the Decepticons who have taken over the planet and Optimus is being a good leader. Evan, we get an homage mm-hmm. to the animated movie where he does the flip through the sky and does his move of shooting people upside down. Yep, from the 86 movie. There's actually a couple of those references throughout this that are wonderful. Really? Um, but yeah, uh, I'll point them out as we go along. Um, yeah. But there's a lot of like fun little design cues. Like When you look at all the other characters, they have a very... Cybertronian alien vehicle mode, but for Optimus Prime, they were just like, uh, we're just going to make him look like a Freightline truck because that's sure. what he did. So when you look at him, it's like you can literally read like all the paneling on him. It's sure. like, oh, you turn into a Freightline truck. Whatever. But yeah, still, yeah. it's just like, <laughs> that's Optimus Prime. I know that's Optimus Prime. I can look at that, and that was awesome. Right. So. Yeah, I mean, there's little stuff here, like, you know... Bumblebee turning into a very Earth-like car. Optimus looks like a truck when they're on Cybertron. But at this point, I've forgiven so much other dumb crap in the Michael Bay ones. That I'm they like, all speak oh, English they look, for yeah. some reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, movie stuff. But like, yeah, yeah they, they, they look fine. great. Yeah, <laughs> I um, can forgive that. Yeah, and Colin, I think what you're saying is uh, about, you know, is it, you know, is it a reboot? Is it part of the existing canon of the movies? Because I was actually reading something, uh, you know, an interview with Travis Knight. And he was saying that Megatron was originally going to be in this movie. Like, they wanted to have him as the villain. But then he was like, oh, but, like, you know, Megatron would be, like, frozen in, in the Arctic uh, at this point. Boo. But then it's like, well, yeah, but Bumblebee, we saw in the last movie, Bumblebee was, like, fighting in World War Two. So, what happened? Yeah, Bumblebee you know, beat the that? Nazis. It's not the 40s, you <laughs> fools. So, I say just I throw know. out the old, you know, throw out the Michael Bay stuff and just reboot it, I would say. Well, at this I point guess- in time... The Fallen is also still on the moon. Right, um, right. You know, there's a weapon inside the pyramids that's been But also, yeah, Transformers <laughs> has been around since the dinosaurs on Earth, apparently. Yeah, so, yeah. Who even knows? But do you guys like the uh, Decepticons in this, Shatter and Dropkick, right? Is that their names? Yep. Um, Shatter's completely brand new to the series, and Dropkick is the most obscure reference that they could probably pull out. Interesting. Um, it was like a random Decepticon drone from... Colin, I don't know if you remember the episode where the aerial bots go back in time and they meet Orion Pax. Oh, it's all I ever think about, yeah. I was really <laughs> yeah. tempted to explain the entire plot of that episode uh, when we almost talked about uh, Nemesis Prime the other day and the, and the, mm-hmm. uh, the fucking Dinobots because the Dinobots help put him to back together right after he's fucking killed, right? And turned into Optimus Prime, that was- right? different episode oh, kind yeah, of you're okay. merging a the couple of them together oh, okay. but but yeah but dropkick was an old like he was technically just like a generic drone and i think mm-hmm. the fans named him that and then like just canon decided to absorb that as they normally do with transformers sure um, they are a yeah. toy reference right ev they are triple changers this is the first time we've seen that they can do two vehicle yes. forms and a robot well drift mm. from 
the previous Michael Bay movies was technically a triple changer. Really? What a Bucati mm. and a helicopter. If I remember he was a helicopter right. for like 15 yeah. seconds. I don't <laughs> yeah, remember him ever being a helicopter. Mm. We, it was, it, really I thought short. in the movies, like Transformers can just scan any kind of car and transform into it. Cause that's what even Bumblebee in this yeah. one does that at the end and it turns into the Camaro, right? But I guess it's like you can only store one oh, charge right. to transform, I guess. But these guys have two yeah. slots, I guess. Oh, I don't sure. know. That's, that makes yeah, sense. Every time they would go That's... from air to land vehicle to robot, I was like, why not just go from air to you know, robot? <laughs> they <would> basically <laughs> drop five feet, Jacob. Yeah. <laughs> I, I honestly have no idea. It's like the moment they kind of brought in the scan to turn into whatever you want, it kind of made it a little weird. Right. Like, because in the G1 continuity, it was just, oh, they had to be, like, physically rebuilt to resemble whatever right, vehicle of course. they were assuming the disguise of. That would make sense, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, but otherwise, how are you going to drive past the GM dealership and get all their wow. cool new cars in? Get a know? sweet yeah, How are you going to get that product placement? Yeah, 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 which there's not a ton of in this, either. You no. know, this is like, you know, it's just a movie. It's just a movie, yeah. and it's good. Again, if I can point out, you know, as we're getting into general thoughts here, or just you know, as we're going through the whole big thing, we're plot, the yeah. three of us normies are kind of the three horsemen of the apocalypse of this movie. We brought every point to it, each individually focused, if you think about it. Mike, you said in our first episode, just make the hero someone who interacts with cars, and it would be cool if it was a girl. We were like, oh, yeah, that is a right. good idea. That is a good idea. Oh, so, yeah, Michaela could have been the protag. Now we get... Charlie, yes. right. Well, this is, yeah, basically yeah. Charlie is Michaela, like if she was, you know, yes. she was the main character. character. Absolutely. Yeah. Think about yeah. what I was saying, guys, where it was focus on a character. Make the Transformers a character. You have to make mm-hmm. them, you know, the standout or whatever. Bumblebee has an arc in this. He's he's mm-hmm. well-developed, you'd say, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's... Yeah, I think so. He's got the old memory loss, you know, conundrum and, you know. Yes. Yeah, it's something we can and grab And Jacob... Onto. The biggest thing yes. you have hit since episode one, they are too long. They are too long. They're too long. They're too long. Like we already pointed they're out, right. this is a tight, shorter movie. This is all three points we have hammered out the entire five film series coming to fruition for this film. Right. And, you know, I don't have a problem with long movies, but I feel like they have to earn their Loaded length. Movies. Yeah. Right. If you go over two hours, there should be like reasons for it. Like I shouldn't, it should hold my attention, but I think really two hours uh, is perfect amount of time for most movies. And this is like right on, you know, two hours, five minutes, something like that. So I thought it was great. And it doesn't waste any time. Like even the, the more lighthearted comedic relief scenes like serve a purpose to the ultimate, you know, story. And um, so I don't think there's really no wasted scenes in here. Unlike Michael Bay, where you have crazy, you know, Sam's parents extended bits with them and stuff. There's like no, nothing that egregious no. in here. It's like all very tight. I'm assuming it's because this was actually written and not improv. <laughs> well, there <laughs> right. we go. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah, because all that stuff felt like improv and mm-hmm. it was just like cringy, like, uh, like, yeah. But then this, it's like the parents in this, like they feel like well written and mm-hmm. it's like they actually have like good humor, I think. Like yes. I love the nurse mother in this. Like she's yeah. fantastic. Mm-hmm. She has some great one liners. Like, right. And even the yeah. stepdad character where it's like, you know, he could have just been more of a one-dimensional villain to Charlie. Like, she doesn't like him. Yeah, but sure. he seems like a good guy, mostly. Like, so yeah, it's like he's trying to like, do I his like best. Him. Yeah. 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 And even at the end, he gets his little, you know, he's, he's driving and stuff. And 
uh, he gets to help out. So I thought the whole family dynamic the felt really not real. Totally annoying. Like, it, it, yeah, the family is yeah. really strong. And he's a younger brother. Yeah, he, yeah. He he felt like that is the that is the perfect amount to use him. <laughs> exactly. It's <laughs> supposed yeah, to so. these extended sequences that Bay would have done with an annoying family. So even right. the human characters the dog are better. Fucking another dog or something. There's <laughs> <laughs> a dog in this movie. <laughs> Yeah, I, th- I think the only, oh, sorry, I was going to say just the only, the one weak character I felt in this cast was Memo, the, uh, like, uh, sidekick character. Like, I felt like, you know, I liked him, but he just didn't have a lot to do, and he kind of felt tacked on. Like, he was into her, like, romantically, but she do- I didn't feel like on. she felt the same way, and then it's like, oh, he's just kind of along for the ride, doesn't really get to do much. Right, but yeah. just imagine that that was Shia LaBeouf. And you'll feel pretty <laughs> thankful for Memo. Yes, after true, that point. true. But um, this is kind of that archetype of if Michaela was the main character, she would not want to be with Shia LaBeouf, right? Dorky. So this Charlie's kind of like I'm not like that interested in the sidekick. I'm doing my yeah. Then um, I'd like tonally that this is kind of more towards kids. Like it is a kind of a kids Spielberg yes. movie. And, you know, so Michael Bay was making Transformers for the Linkin Park crowd, right? You know, and they're right. GMCs. But this is like Transformers for adult fans, but also aimed at kids. The Michael Bay film. It's a family not movie. not ever kids yeah. movies. They, they were selling toys and marketing them that way, but they are not like kids movies at all. I'll kill you, you know. No yeah, thanks. I mean, the main, <laughs> the main vehicle that you see in this is the VW Beetle, which is a much more kind of yes. kid-friendly car, you know, cute. Um, and Bumblebee almost has like an anime-type look to him um, yes. in, his, mm. in his design, I think. Oh, yeah, uh, I think they enlarged his eyes so that they could be more emotive. Yeah. Like yeah, mm-hmm. for Perfect. sure. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, and he's very cute. So I think, yeah, dialing to a younger audience, making it a little bit more heartfelt and less like, you know, double horns, rock and roll man, like really serves yes. the subject matter for me. Like as much as we said, the first movie is like a good time capsule. This is like the tone. This is the level of kind of action and violence I would want in more Transformers movies. I don't want to go, we can go bigger in scale, right. but not bigger in like intensity, I guess. And I feel like this movie did what Transformers <laughs> 1 was trying to do with the kind of coming of age story with you know, Sam and Bumblebee, they were supposed to bond, but I feel like the bond between Bumblebee and Charlie is so much better in this one. And they actually kind of develop their characters, um, you know, more so than they ever did in Transformers 2007, right? Mm-hmm. I'll completely agree. They, they toned down the horniness. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh, yes. We're going to make this so the whole family can watch this without needing to, like, you know, go take yeah, a Yeah, even the, uh, <laughs> you know, the ending kiss scene, you know, she kisses him on the cheek. And uh, so yeah, it's all very like, pg and, oh, yeah. You know, even at the end, he tries to hold her hand. And she's like, uh, like no, 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 not yet. <laughs> yeah. I even yeah. felt yeah. like that was like a direct rejection of the end of every Michael Bay Transformers. Absolutely. Where there's a big sweeping yeah. yes. camera smooch. Yes. And it was just like, we're not doing that here. <laughs> Edge glow right. lighting. Yeah. 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 It's like, oh, not in this one. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. Oh, man. Let's, uh, let's jump in and meeting these people. So just back to the setup of this war with Cybertron. We're introduced to one of the Prime Warriors, B-127. He's our guy. Mm -hmm. He's got a voice. Actor Dylan O'Brien, a nice young guy Mm. who's known for the Maze Runner movies. Teen Teen Wolf. Wolf. Seems like a cool dude. Jacob, put that on your list of Buffy (laughs) spinoffs. Teen Wolf, right? Or inspired by, I would say for sure. Um, Then he's tasked with going to Earth. Gets fucked up on the way there. 
Or I'm sorry, when he gets there, he gets fucked up because something has followed him as well. Not Starscream. Fights with him. A pretty badass mm-hmm. fight in the canyon. Gets his memory yes. erased. And then and Ev, they go forward out. with this trait of the vocal cords, Mike. Now, mm-hmm. Evan, Bumblebee on the show was a chatty motherfucker. He would talk to Spike. He was the human liaison. Hey, what's going on? That's a skateboard? Cool. I mean, he was the teen <laughs> stand-in of, wow, I would love to have a big buddy like that. Do you like this evolving trait? Because if this is them starting fresh, they don't have to do the missing vocal cord thing again. But it seems like they something they've to. really keyed into. Well, it's an identifying gimmick. Yeah. Like, it's a trademark at this point where it's mm-hmm. just like, this is iconic to that character. So it's almost like, well, he's got to be yellow. It, yeah. It's almost like that, it seems like at this point. Do right. they do it on Which the new I, cartoons? Yes. On uh, the Cyberverse cartoon, they actually started out with him being mute and then he really? gets his back. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. So they are. That is kind of like becoming like the full-on canon for Bumblebee. Okay. Oh, wow. And it makes it more of a, a E.T. type story where it's 100%. like, if he had a voice, you know, he could just explain to Charlie, like, what who he is and everything immediately. So it's like, it adds a layer of like, oh, that's why, you know, the movie can happen because you can't explain everything right away. Um, I thought it was funny in this one when he does get his, like, voice ripped out because the, the Decepticon's like, oh, you'll never speak again or whatever. But then he's immediately, he's trying to kill him. So why would he rip his vocal cords out right before killing him? Shoot him in the head, you fool. Torture. (laughs) I mean, at at this point, they're kind of establishing that these guys are just like torturous assholes. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And it, yeah, Blitzwing, who, yeah, which I know, Colin, I know you and I had talked about Starscream, and I was like, actually, that's Blitzwing. No, no, no. (laughs) Like way back in the days. But we won't put him in, Yeah. yeah. That was on Cybertron? When they go to Earth, um, oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. first Decepticon yeah. that's chasing him. Yeah. That's Blitz. Yeah, because Starscream is on Cybertron. You do see him for in yes. the first five minutes. You Mike. see yeah. every Tetrajet, yeah. every yeah. Seeker recolor that they have ever yeah. done. Actually, wow. you see Bumblebee kill Skywarp, and I think Optimus Prime kills Thundercracker. Which sure. I, but then you see a couple more in the background. Right, right. So you're just like, oh my god, did they just kill like two of them? No, okay. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, so I didn't know. Uh, See, I'm not his verse, so I thought Starscream was both, but it's not. So there you go. And he comes down now, so plot-wise, we're up to the Haley Steinfeld part. He's meeting Charlie, who we keep talking about, Mm -hmm. young woman who's in the midst of a crisis. She's 16 years old. She is depressed. She's going through grief. Her father was a mechanic who passed away. She lives with her nurse mother, Pamela Adlon, as we said, Bobby Hill from King of the Hill. Mm Got to shout that out. Oh my god! Um, I didn't realize that. Uh, the best. That's why <laughs> yeah. she's our queen. Oh my god! I can I can hear it now. <laughs> of oh, course, I didn't of course. That. Yeah, yeah, she's great. And you know, she wants a car, and it's more believable to the Shia stuff, like we said. But real quick, to to what you guys keep saying, the the main criticism seemed to be of this film. Oh, it's another ET, or oh, it's another Iron Giant, the Brad Bird film. You got that mm-hmm. thrown out a lot too. Right. If you want an adult version of this movie, John Carpenter's Starman uh, with Jeff Bridges is kind of the same thing. It's the plot of special person from another world comes into the regular person's life and pushes them to mature through the changing of their world, right? Guess what? I don't fucking care. I think this movie's great and really special and really nice that it happens to a young lady, and it's my good friend Bumblebee who's doing it. I don't give a <laughs> shit about Iron Giant or E.T. I like the big right. yellow robot, so shut up, everybody. 
Well, yeah, it's kind of a, a trope, but I think if you do yes. it right, like it's still, you know, it's still Sincerely, good. Sincerely, like yes, you can just yeah. do it heartfelt, and that's what they do in this film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, find find a formula, right? Follow the template and make a competent movie, and that's what they did, and it's enjoyable. Yes. Even um, you know, so the Decepticons show up, and they are trying to work with the humans under the guise that oh, this B one two seven's a a fugitive. He's dangerous, right? We got to catch him. And I, I love that because they're actually being deceptive, right? And John right, Cena yes. calls them out of that scene in the trailer. They're literally called Decepticons. Right. Is that not a red flag for anyone? I love well, that's it. That's my point. Like, yeah, it's a good Where point. They, they never say their names throughout the entire movie, which I thought was interesting. So it's like the only reason we know that they are named Shatter and Dropkick is because of the credits or yes. just like, you know, osmosis from the internet. Right. Yeah, I had like, no I, I thought that was interesting. I called him red one and blue one in my head cuz I didn't sure. know what their names yeah. were. <laughs> well, she there was like a moment where Shatter could have like addressed Dropkick but she calls him like comrade and sure. it was just yeah. like it was like, "Oh, did they like not have the names figured out at that point maybe because the could line be. was like a little weird when it yeah. comes out mm-hmm. but like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would say one of my minor in there. Say comrade. Uh, one of my minor complaints of the movie is that just the human military is so dumb in this that they just like <laughs> It borders on unbelievable to me where they just like gonna take the Decepticons at their word this whole time. I mean, I know they have like a secret plan that they're gonna kill them all eventually or something, but it's like, I mean, John John Cena literally says, "Yeah, they're Decepticons." Like, is is not not you know not a red flag to anyone? Mm-hmm. But uh, and then they don't follow up on that and they just keep working with them. Well, they use the I Cold mean the War moment, trope of yeah. well, if, if we don't give them access, they're gonna go to the Russians. We can't right, have that. Right, that is so good. Like, yeah, that's like it's late eighties. Yeah, it makes that in does a very make war a lot game desk yeah, kind of way, mm-hmm. but. I'll buy it. With their Humvees. Their Humvees <laughs> with the military-grade harpoons on top, where it's just sure. like, why do you have those? What are you doing? <laughs> right. Like, right. But just accepting at face value that Bumblebee's the bad one, and the two Decepticons are actually the good ones that we should work with, it's just very funny. But John Cena learns in the end, and uh, yeah, he's, he's got an arc. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He's, he's, he's entertaining in this. The opening paintball scene, John Cena's, you know, quite funny. Like, oh, it's a malfunctioning. Someone's going to get a talking to. I'm sorry. But, you know, he, he's, he's charming. You know, he's got a lot of charisma. Charisma stat high. And uh, he does a good job in this. Yeah. 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 I know this movie was originally supposed to be a summer release. And then it got pushed out to Christmas. Uh, mm. Because we, the toys were ready to go. And then I remember we had to, like, sit on them for a while in order mm. to release them until the movie came out. I can't remember why, but I know there were a bunch of reshoots. I don't... I think reshoots always happen for a movie. I think what but, has come out, Ev, you're right, is that John Cena was pretty much added to this movie at the last minute, that they felt mm. that they needed a human obstacle opposed to the Transformers as well. So if you think about his interaction with uh, Sha, uh, our lead... Oh, not Shia Charlie. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, Charlie. Haley um, Steinfeld. Haley Steinfeld. Like, I always mm-hmm. want to call her Shailene Woodley, but uh, <laughs> it's kind of limited throughout the movie. So I, I think that might be what it was. That yeah. might be. I was trying to find more references to that, actually looking up beforehand, but I couldn't find anything solid. But when you, as you mentioned, mm. when you look at how the movie is filmed, he's in very few scenes with the rest of the main cast. He mainly what? is in the government buildings talking to Red and Blue, you know, and just saying like, okay, yeah. let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah the but training then training the scene end, with uh, a completely different group. Yeah. yeah, until the end, Jacob. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, he's in the climax, and he's in that helicopter, and Bumblebee saves him. Um, so they must have, that must have been in the reshoots. But I do think it's funny that Memo 
they kind of write him out. They're like, we don't know what we want to do with him in the final fight. So he's just going to show up at the end and, you know, on the bike, yeah. um, which yeah. is a funny little tag. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But that, that makes sense if they trying to add him to it. Um, in the end, but it, it did feel like obviously a summer movie. Like it, that's why I like it. It's like a summer California eighties movie. Yeah. You know? yes. It's like yeah. the karate kid yeah. or something, you know? And I like that tone. Mm. So for coming out in Christmas, it's like a little bit of a bummer, but now you can watch it whenever you want. But I love that eighties summer movie, even like the lost boys, even though that's not like a comedy, but that eighties sure. California summer vibe. I'm way into, you know, mm-hmm. when I, you, and everyone we knew could believe, do, and share in what was true, I said. But a box office might have been affected by that, maybe? Because this did, unfortunately. Well, yeah. Not make Let's talk about, about that for a second. Yeah. So we're coming off the Michael Bay films. We talked about it. By his third and fourth entry, he's batting a billion dollars. And everybody's going, okay, one of the pillars of Paramount. We're the people who make Star Trek and we make Transformer movies. And you're like, okay, I guess that's true. (laughs) Now, again, this is a Chinese co-finance movie. This is done by Tencent. They Mm -hmm. are a Chinese production company who put up, I'm sure, at least half the money for this. Evan, why would the box office drop off so much, I guess, to ask you? Not that we're box office experts here, but to say that it's going from $600 million in the last night to this... 300 and some change the, just think of the competition that it came out with like spider-man yeah. and spider-verse came out at the same time mm. um i think you said aquaman was also mm, then yeah. like it's like you oh, had these other massive, you're right yeah there are these other massive blockbusters that came out and then this and then it's like well it's spider-man everybody's gonna go see spider-man oh but it's a foreign <laughs> market that's what i'm saying they had this built-in where literally if they start making these movies to cater to china that the last two films had scenes in Singapore, you know, and in (laughs) Hong Kong, Kong, you would think that they would say, Bumblebee, that's another entry in that franchise we love, and yet it seems like they didn't show up as well because they wanted to go to Atlantis. (laughs) Yeah, and Aquaman did gangbusters overseas and under the seas. I think part of it is just probably Transformers fatigue and people not knowing what this movie is going to be like and just seeing like, oh, another Transformers movie, like the sixth one, I don't really want to go see that. Right, um, but yeah. I'm, I was just surprised like good word of mouth didn't like, you know, help the box office that much because I think after the first uh, the opening weekend, you know, reviews came out and it was pretty positive, but people still didn't really go see it, I guess. Well, it certainly, so it obviously did not break. What was it? Transformers three was the one that made the most money ever. Yeah. Yes. One point Six, yeah. three or four billion. Yeah. yeah. But it still made its money back. It was still a success. And I'm hoping that sort of like what happened with like Austin Powers, like maybe after it came out on streaming and video service, maybe now it's picking up more steam. And like, I hope so. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. I, I wish. I'm hoping. I am too. I want more people to see this movie. Because yeah, it's the highest rated Transformers movie on Rotten Tomatoes. It's got like a 90 critics and 74 with audience. Like it's sure hardly any of them yeah. are above 50%. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's a great vision and of the kind of tone of the series. You know, we've said the design of the robots is great. And I don't care if it's a prequel or a reboot, you know, because the original films don't even care about continuity when we have Bumblebee talking in the first no. film and then just not anymore. 
Um, right. <laughs> so uh, continuity doesn't matter yeah. with these at all. Um, no. So I would hope they can make more like this. It's just is a demand. I know this one was yes. free on Amazon Prime until June 11th. So you got a couple more days as of releasing this to watch it for free if you're out there, uh, listeners, and check it out That's if you have watched it. Yeah, it's been yeah. on Hulu for like since it came out. Literally, this is probably mm. like my third time watching in theaters. Very special memory watching with you, Ev, with our mom. We went to Walmart afterwards, looked at some toys you guys made, took a picture. Like a perfect day. Like since then. Saw it when it came out, you know, to purchase. It probably went right up to Hulu, watched it. This third time watching it again, literally halfway through, I'm like, this might become an annual thing. I like this movie. It's just nice. Mm-hmm. It's pleasant. It's easy to digest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I wish, uh, you know, I don't know what, what the future of the Transformers movies holds, but I wish they would kind of continue this storyline. Maybe, you know, have a Bumblebee 2 or something like that. Bring back Charlie and, and all these characters because I do think they set up something good here that they could they could continue on yeah and i want to go back to cybertron basically i i don't even want like there's a version of this universe where travis knight just does fully animated war for cybertron the movie and it would be incredible why not i want to live there right even if it looks like they made a whole yeah if they made a whole movie that looks like that first scene that would be that would be awesome I love that. That's all anybody's been asking for. Yes. We don't need humans. Just give us that no. movie. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But at least show it, us why the war happens. Like yes. it's always post war or during war. It's like build up the tension. Like, yeah. There's yeah. so much they could do. If someone probably limited the number of forms they can store in their memory. They were like, it used to be unlimited, <laughs> and the Decepticons made it one, and we're so triple change. Yeah, we're gonna revolve. Let's do triple change. You get a special license from the government, you gotta apply. It's a whole lot of bureaucracy. Like, enough of this. You know what? You're actually not wrong in the canon. Really? Like, part of what you said is true because there is a whole lot of, like, classism in the original, like, war wow. it happened. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. So it's kind of a General Zod Krypton thing where mm. Megatron was in charge of the military and he kind of looks at the people who are in charge of the whole planet and goes, well, why the fuck aren't we calling the shots? You made us to protect you guys. We should be the fascist overlords. And they hold a revolt. <laughs> Now, Ev, wow. you know, is there is there anything from the toy world you had wanted to see in one of these movies? Not necessarily in the next one, but, you know, we just talked about a prequel. We got 15 teases over Michael Bay films for Unicron. I, I know from our love of the oh, animated yeah. movie, it would be cool to see him involved. But is there anything else specifically? Headmasters, we talked a little bit. I'd love to see some headmasters. Technically, Cogman, whatever that's, his name, that's was, what Cogsman. we were saying. It blows our mind. He was supposed down. to be a he was supposed to be a headmaster. I guess. Oh, like his, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> God, I don't know. It's like it's so weird to think about. Um, we got the Dinobots, Insecticons, Beast Wars, Transmetals. You know, I'm just thinking of all the buzzwords to Transformers. Right. I don't know. I just want another good movie. Let's let's sure. go with that. So, yeah, sure. yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't mind another good video game. What do you think's the best video game? Armada, because you can turn into the most stuff and sort of drive around. And the War shit? for Cybertron game. I was going to really? say War for Cybertron. Yeah. I actually War for Cybertron slash Fall of Cybertron. Really? Yeah. I did um, play testing for War for Cybertron back really? in the day. Oh, yeah. Activision Mike. put out a call just to we'll bring you down, give you unlimited soda, play War for Cybertron multiplayer. What? 
Yeah. And I played as uh, Bumblebee and I got first what? place in like every multiplayer match because his sword was very OP in that build. That is awesome. Uh, so I guess they balanced it or I was just that good. And then I got uh, a copy of Wolverine, the video game, when I left for free. What? Nice. Yeah. How are we just hearing that? That is all madness. I, as it comes up in the future, whenever I can mention something I play tested that's relevant, I will. But that's all I will say for wow. now. Or for Cybertron. Yeah, I love that game. It's very fun. All right. I'll check those ones out. Um, watch the animated movies. Are there any good new animated series shows? We talked a little bit about Hasbro pulse that you guys have your own sort of streaming cartoony appy thing yeah and then you can usually find all that stuff on youtube um i know cyberverse is going on right now which people seem to be enjoying uh my favorite i think shows from recent times would probably be transformers prime and transformers animated Mm -hmm. uh, which were both just completely fantastic Uh, i think they were both also only three seasons so I think they're also all on Netflix, so I do recommend those. Interesting. Nice. Awesome, awesome. I mean, it's it's wild because the Michael Bay ones, there's so much bizarre stuff to talk about. We just go on and on and on with what was this, yeah. what was this. This one, it's I like know. it's hard to almost talk about because it's just like, I, right. it was just so enjoyable, right? It's yeah. like, it's it, good yeah, which we're going to keep saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I like the parents, I liked her, she's, Haley Steinfeld's a fantastic actress, Edge of Seventeen, if you guys haven't checked that out, I think she's fantastic, and True Grit, Mike, she was discovered in an open casting call for the Coen Brothers' True Grit, she Mm. blew their socks off, she's kind of had an interesting career, those um, singing movies, you know, whatever they're called, I know she's she's got a couple albums too, Pitch Perfect, thank you, Jacob. Yeah, I mainly knew her from True Grit, I don't know if I've seen her in anything else before Bumblebee, but uh, she was nominated for an Oscar for True Grit. I think she was one of the youngest uh, ever Mm -hmm. to be nominated for Best Supporting Actress. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's a great movie too. for them. Go watch True Grit. Yep, yep. It's a great film, but not True Grit podcast, (laughs) but if he would have transformed into a stagecoach, maybe we'd be be there. (laughs) That would be amazing. Like Back to the Future 3 where they're just in the Wild West. That would be amazing. That would be good. Let's, yeah, do what every franchise does and give us a Transformer (laughs) set in the Old West. You know? Yeah. Just, why not? There's the Transformer comics Heart of Iron, I think, or Heart of Steel. Where it takes place, like, in the steam, like, Wild West. Oh, there you go. Everybody turns into a steam train. Everybody's a a spider from Wild Wild West. (laughs) Oh, there we go. (laughs) (laughs) I said it about Predators. Set every one of those in different eras as we go through time. You can do the same thing for Transformers. They have this quote-unquote hidden history. Yeah, there should be a Wild Wild West Transformers movie. Again, Paramount Plus, you have to assume, is where the home of all this stuff is going to be. You got to assume they're going to do expanded universe with what they've done with star trek that we will get like a cliff jumper we see why he was on that planet evan <laughs> getting jumper. murdered by those two robots oh, the, the moon the of moon. saturn yeah, yeah. <laughs> press f in the chat for pay your respects to cliff, <laughs> I jumper, cliff jumper it's lieutenant cliff of the jumper. autobot mm-hmm. yeah. i like wow. that scene too though because it felt it's like beautiful it made it feel like it's, it's a real war that they're fighting right and it's like yes. the stakes are real and then he gets cut in half it's like Oh, man. Yeah, just being on the moon, it's yeah. like this is an intergalactic conflict that's happening, yes. yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it felt like it good. felt like Star Wars, you know, they're the rebels, they're the Autobot resistance, and it really felt more realistic that way. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Definitely treating it the Which, right way. Which, yeah, I would, 
I would always put Transformers as science fantasy over science fiction. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, totally. Right, so, right, right. Yeah. That's why there's yeah. dragons in it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I find the scene where they create a, a Beats, you know, radio quite realistic. In the, <laughs> yeah, and Fluttershy but. or whichever pony it was. All yeah. right, I say let's wrap up. Let's jump in and give our final thoughts on Bumblebee here after the break. All right. Yeah, my only story was I had Starscream, and I just imagined when I got it as a child that, yeah, you'll just flip the front down, his head'll come up, you're done, right? No. Because it was they like, show like the four panel transformation on the box, that it's yeah. like, no, there's like 20 steps. <laughs> it was like listed yeah. as like advanced. I think they listed the difficulties at one point. Is that correct? Sure. Yeah. yeah. It was like a high difficulty, but I'm like, I'm, there's no way. Like my dad was trying to help me, and that's, I, couldn't, I couldn't do it. So then I just started, then I got Zoids instead. Yes. Hooray. I really understand. It's another Toby line, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's another Toby. Tomy. They got um, me eventually. I, yeah. Ev, but we're good on the helicopter. I, I want to ask a question about what uh, Mike just said about how intuitive they are. Because it's kind of the only toy where you look at it and you have to think about the person picking it up, what they would think to do with it. How do you tackle that part of creating something? So... It's a kind of a funny story, I guess. Um, there was a time period about maybe 10 years ago where the toys were getting to be, actually probably 10 or 15 years ago, the toys were get, starting to be too complex. Uh, actually, the joke in the office was they had turned into lament configurations and you would summon a Hellraiser demon if you actually <laughs> had it right. right. Um, and then they kind of realized it's like, okay, like these need to be like 20 steps or less. Um and then, obviously, it's also dependent on what series that you're going on, because Transformers is now into different segments. Like, you have your Generations and Studio series, which is for your older kid and adult collector, and then you have, like, your Cyberverse line, and then there's, like, the Authentics line, and those are, like, for the little kids. And then even the littler, littler kids, you have, like, the Rescue Bot stuff. And mm-hmm. so there's usually now, like, a minimum number of steps uh, when you're working in those. Like, so little hey, kids, it bends at the waist, snap, snap. Not even that it like stands gone. up. Okay, yeah. yeah. And then gotcha. Cyberverse, like there's like the two step changer and things like that, and like all you have to do is like fold it and it just pops into place. Um, so it's stuff like that. It's more wow. like now we are targeting specific audiences to make things a little bit easier for everybody, so that they know what they're getting into. So okay, I don't know. If- and one of the things that, you know, I, I sent to you and then I sent to the guys earlier, I was at Target today and I saw a Bumblebee branded toy. Now, you said you weren't involved with the merchandise while the film was coming out, but this is what you're saying of this other, the the um, studio series for the older kids? Yeah, a studio, like it's it's literally meant to be like small masterpiece toys. Sure. Um, which, more and high-grade. granted, it's like, yeah, and they're not, following like a specific movie time frame of coming out like the one that you're bringing up right now is the jeep bumblebee which i think we released like a year or two ago like after the bumblebee movie came out mm-hmm. but literally it branded fantastic. for it it says b127 yeah. if i was a kid ev our transformers they kind of looked like the thing on the cartoon show that we were yeah, watching. Like, they looked as close as they could get it. This not, looks... Not you, even. you made the movie a toy. 
because at that point we have the studio CAD that we can work from to actually like make the toy. Um, Which, actually, funny story on that, if you look at the first Studio Series release of the Bumblebee, he looks almost nothing like what Bumblebee looks like in the movie, because they had based that off a very early CAD, so his silhouette is completely wrong. Um, Wow. He's got very spindly uh, limbs, like he... His car door wings stick out like the classic Michael Bay Bumblebee. And it's like, that's not what he looks like. And fans weren't that happy with that one. Interesting. That's what we had at the time. But that kind of set a precedent of, we're only going to work from movie CAD from now on. Because this is a movie-focused line. And we're trying to be as close to those designs as possible. But Evan, that isn't that a million times harder in the sense that you're not the designer. You did not decide what Bumblebee the robot was going to look like. But when you get that CAD, that image of the final thing, you are the guy who does have to go turn it into a car through a piece of plastic, figure out how this goes from A to B. Sort of, yeah. That That's also like us then working with Takara Tomy and being like, okay, this is how I think this will work. What do you think? They'll come back and be like, no, 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 you're wrong. This is how it will work. Shift and then you this, look at move it that. Yeah, and they'll send like a very rough design drawing, and then like you know, you'll examine it like, I can't read this chicken scratch. What is this? <laughs> oh, okay, I think this is what they're doing. Yeah, wow. okay, that, that does seem right. And then it's a lot of back and forth between our two design studios, pretty much. Wow. Huh. That's pretty interesting. I, I had not thought of a... Yeah, the... The mind meld of how are we going to, yeah, actually turn it into a car <laughs> like that. Well, um, once again, all the engineering, Mike, that goes into to making toys. Hasbro, Evan, your other guys, you guys own Nerf. It's like, okay, I got to make this gun shoot a dart. But again, you know. Blaster. Uh, You're not allowed sure. to say gun. It's always oh, fair a blaster. Enough, fair <laughs> enough. That yeah. absolutely yeah. makes sense. Or think about some yeah. of your colleagues who go, okay, I've just got to figure out how to make a baby Yoda. Easy enough. It's basically a statue of a baby Yoda is what I'm making. Well, your job it's never is just change. It's never just one person, though. Like, yes. these are all a humongous team effort. Like, we have engineers, and you know, there's designers, and then you also have to meet with packaging people because there's packaging depth. And sometimes you have a character who has a wide backpack, and it's like, nope, sure. that's not going to fit in the package. And then it's like, well, fuck. I guess I got to figure <laughs> mm-hmm. out how to make that fold out so he'll fit in his goddamn package. Um, so yeah, wow. we have. Yeah, so it's a lot, a lot of back and forth between mm. many different parties. So it's always weird to be like, I made this. It's like, no, we made this. Right. And I like they made that it fit in the too. packaging as well. Yeah. Um, I yeah, know, exactly. Right, right. No, a lot of things to consider it, it from that side. And it's like kind of like, you know, movies or whatever. If, if you know how they're made, you kind of can't look at them the same way. And I assume with toys and packaging, you're kind of the same boat now. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think, though, you're talking about getting the studio CAD, right? And everything looks as good as it does in the movie. Like, that's something, you know, of the modern era that we have now. It's like, yeah, I wish I could have the toys that I liked when I was a kid. Oh, my God. But, like, with today's quality. Like, imagine oh, if right. I could God. have today's quality Bumblebee, but Mike. in the 80s. Or the it's new Nerf like, blasters. Uh, yeah. It would be, like, It's the same so with, like, crazier. you know, video games. You know, I wish mm-hmm. I wish I had today's video games when I was a kid because it, I would just be, you know, in heaven. But yes. I don't know. There's, so, yeah, there's something about the simplicity of the old toys and the old video games. That's though. true, yes. too. Yeah. Like, yeah. Which, granted, it's, it's also, like, charm. nostalgia. I'll never be able to separate myself from that. Totally. It's, like, I will still throw down, like, an original Pokemon game every once in a while. Of course. Or, like, like oh, that. yeah. 
So. But the idea of like, you know, even the old Kenner Star Wars toys would not be screen accurate, let's say, to be generous. No. But it's like you no. didn't care. So imagining that you could have something that looked as good as it does on film, which you can do now with the Studio Cad, that's awesome. And I think, you know, the quality level and that, that bar being raised is, you know, it's, it's awesome. The kids really can benefit from that and telling their own stories because they did exactly what they saw on screen and it, you know, feels authentic to them. And, you know, that that's great. Yeah, and the actually in the reverse, it's actually incredibly distracting because there's the Transformers really? Siege cartoon that's on Netflix. Um, <laughs> they took our toy CAD and used those to make the animation models. Interesting. And because of that, when I look at that, I see like there's areas where they have like cored out plastic for plastic weight, like in the figure, and it's right. just like you wouldn't have that on a robot. Oh, but that's from the toy, and it's so distracting for me. But yeah. Yeah, so it's like it's weird when it's in the reverse. So. Yeah, that's true. They're including it because it was there, but without exactly. the reasoning of why, it's like yeah, that that's not really organic as far as the design. That that is fascinating, really. Yeah, <laughs> learning, it's just learning one of those this things. process is awesome, though. Ev, we Thanks appreciate for, uh, having sharing. you on as an expert. Um, we're just doing interview stuff here, but we are back giving our final thoughts on Bumblebee, Travis Knight's film, twenty eighteen. Um, mm-hmm. You know. Look, I want more of these to get made. We know, guys, that there is another movie coming up. Anthony Ramos, the star of In the Heights, is going to be in an upcoming Transformers movie. Mm. I got high hopes for it after doing this Transformay Bumble June miniseries. I, I, mm-hmm. Mike, you suggested this. You know, I've got a brother who makes Sorry. Transformers. I didn't even you know, put together. I was like, yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> yeah, And then to get through this... I like Transformers. I like Transformers the most out of the three of us. But but now where I'm at, I'm like, I just have so much nostalgia now for these dumb movies, even just because we did this little watch along, you know? So I I don't know where you guys are at right now in your journey. It was weirdly, you know, endearing to think about the Bayverse again. I'm watch the first one and then four and five because continuity wise it's just like there's a split in the timeline where the government just doesn't trust the transformers in this yes. one and they work with them in the it other makes one. sense this goes straight to katie Yeager, but really just watch <laughs> bumblebee it's great and i do think yeah. it's fun that after transforming we've gone full circle to you know it's a franchise that was started by a toy line and now we're talking to an expert and someone who is creating those toys in the current era right and it's like it's it's all a perfect way to end it like a wheel mm-hmm. on a car or a truck that transforms right. you a little bit so that's right totally. yeah. uh for me you know i was never really a fan of transformers as a kid but um you know i liked it when when transformers 2007 came out i liked it enough that i was like okay cool and then it kind of fell off but i you know bumblebee is exactly what i really always wanted from a transformers movie and I don't really know what they're going to do with the future of the franchise, but I wish they would kind of continue the Haley Steinfeld character because, Same. like, you know, Sam Witwicky gets three movies, but, you know, Charlie only gets this movie. Like, you know, I know, you know, she, I feel like they could do something, you know, maybe a couple years in the future in the early 90s and have, you know, Bumblebee Ooh, come back. Jacob, to college, Jacob, maybe. Jacob. Older Charlie meets Cade Yeager and they start <laughs> dating. What actress are you putting in there? I'm saying Winona oh, Ryder. Man. You know, somebody like that could Stranger be. Yeah. Things connect eighties. Okay. Yeah. So you said it in modern times, and and yes. Charlie's you know older now, so she's yeah. like the same age as Katie Yeager. B, it's you. He's like, what? You know B? Huh? <laughs> I've sure. known B since the eighties. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
in the 80s, I was doing pain and gain. Um, <laughs> yeah, I still think they should go with our idea of, you know, combining the Fast and Furious franchise yes. with Transformers. I mean, you have John Trans- Cena, Furious. you have Tyrese, mm-hmm. you know. You can Is make that it also work. Paramount? Yeah. No, no, it's universal. So. We <laughs> keep pointing out that that's the big flaw in it, but we will oh, work Sony, around that. If Sony and Disney can work together to make Spider-Man <laughs> right. movies, I, think, I mean, you know, at this point, yeah. God, those movies started out with them stealing televisions, and now they're blowing up satellites. <laughs> what are they doing? Like, yeah, they're right. blowing yeah, up. They're going to space now. They saved they need the world to a couple times. Yeah, that sound wave satellite. They're just taking them out. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. my pitch is that, you know, John Cena obviously is in the 80s, and then, you know, he's he's in the new Fast and the Furious playing Dom Toretto's brother. Um, so you make the Megatron, John Cena character in Bumblebee. We have been attacked by Dom Toretto. <laughs> so Dom yeah. Toretto's dad is John Cena in Bumblebee, and uh, you just make that work. And then Tyrese obviously is in both franchises, so you just make sure. that the same character and just you know kind of wreck. Oh, it. real quick, real quick. As long as Josh Duhamel is the stepbrother, I'm in. Well, on this one, guys, did you look at the Bumblebee Wikipedia? One of the people in the government building is supposed to be a young John Turturro. Did any of you pick that up? Oh no. They go to Sector Seven, but I didn't pick up that that was. John I, I don't know who it's supposed to be. So that's amazing. Somebody interesting. Well, I have a fun fact before I guess we'll do first final thoughts. Um, B127, they finished the edit of the movie. It was 127 minutes and then re-recorded. No, that's not true, but I just wanted to make that joke. Oh, great. Uh, But it's about 127 (laughs) minutes long. It's it's a a close fact. Uh, I would have bought it. I thought you were going to talk about the Peter Cullen, John Bailey thing. Um, Oh, well, please, if you want to. Well, no. So, okay. So, obviously, for the Peter Cullen scenes in this, they, Mm -hmm. they... He's Optimus Prime, so they got yep. him to do it because he is the Optimus Prime. Um, mm-hmm. I guess in order to keep costs down like as low as possible, they only had Peter Cullen for uh, like a single day. Mm-hmm. So they had John Bailey, who's the Honest Trailers guy. Like he mm-hmm. did wow. all the voice work for Optimus Prime scenes, and then they just had Peter Cullen like dub over him. Oh. And I guess like that became like a whole that was like a whole issue because it was like. His cadences were wrong. Like he wasn't like really talking like Optimus Prime. It was actually very difficult for Peter Cullen to kind of like get into that character. Oh no! And it's like it's it's very frustrating to hear because it's like when you hear Peter Cullen speak about like my voice of Optimus Prime is actually based off of my older brother who like you know I aspire to be. He was like this war hero and things like that. And it's like oh wow, this is like wow. a super personal character for you. And they fucked it up. <laughs> so. No. Wow. That makes me feel even worse about all the I'll kill you's in the Bayverse. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. really sad. Well, I don't know if that's how it worked back then, uh, but I know for this movie, that's what it was. Well, I mean, just the treatment of the character to not yeah. be like, like a stand up. There's like a hero. famous line where it's just like, um, oh, how does it go? Where he's like, if you're going to be a hero, be like a really, be like a real hero. And it's like, be like the nice, strong hero or something like that. And it's like, yes, that is Optimus Prime. And then you watch the Michael Bay movies and you're just like, this is not Optimus Prime. No, no. Now, yes. And there's no post-cred scenes in this. They don't fall into that trend. But there are some quick wrap-ups at the end. And Ev, when you see the truck that Bumblebee pulls next to, a screen-accurate Generation 1 Optimus Prime, I'm going... 
oh, that's cool. We're not actually going to see him on Earth. Then you do get that last scene. I have to hope that that's Peter Cullen, where you do see them on Earth walking around talking yeah. to each other. Yeah, that's Peter Cullen, and also Bumblebee after rescanning the Camaro. The best because because why not? And it's yeah. like, no, don't don't give up the Volkswagen. <laughs> yeah, whatever. It is a you funny line when she's me. like, uh, you know, you could have been a Camaro this whole time, this whole time. <laughs> that you are reminding uh, me of. But before we get out of here, we do have to say you won a raffle at work to meet Peter Cullen and Frank Welker. Yes, I did, and it was awkward because I was taller than both of them, and it was like, <laughs> "Oh my God, what do I do with my hands?" I'm meeting Peter Cullen and Frank Welker. I'm and it meeting was like Optimus I Prime. I'm meeting Megatron. Um, I actually awesome. got them to sign. Like the oh, first yes. work that I did uh, at Hasbro was I worked on Creo, uh, which were Hasbro's kind of like take on Lego. No, uh, no, we don't say that word. Um, we say building blocks. <laughs> whatever it's a building system <laughs> it works with lego um but i like i designed like an optimus prime and a megatron and i got them to sign it and it was just like oh my wow, god beautiful. Like, and then they're trying to make small talk with me and it's like i locked up because uh, it's just <laughs> like what do i say it's like right. the time that we got to meet like bruce campbell like sure, way back sure, when, sure, when sure. he was like signing books and he's making jokes and i'm just like a stiff tree just like <laughs> oh, i know what i'm that's sorry like, yeah i don't know how to interact with you so but yeah <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, if I could do my last thoughts Jump on in. the Bumblebee, we kind of covered this. It's the film that kind of just takes out everything we complain about with the Michael Bay movies. It's not hyper-sexualized. It's not gratuitously violent. You can see what the characters are doing. The designs are clear and focused, and there's a general plot, right? It's like, good. <laughs> so... You know, and it hits the nostalgia, and it's the perfect time frame, as I said, for when the toys were first released and the cartoons. So, yeah, it's just the most family friendly, the most fun, and the most, you know, warm hearted of all of them. And, you know, it's, we were giving our orders. It's definitely at the top. I would watch this over the first one with Shia LaBeouf any day of the week. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, I mean, there's not a lot left to say, but yeah, it's just a good movie. And, I wouldn't say any of the Michael Bay movies are good movies. Um, so it's a good movie with Transformers, and it's a good Transformer movie. And uh, I would recommend it to anyone, Transformers fans or non-Transformers fans. Anyone can really get into it. It's very accessible. And uh, not too much else to say, but uh, just you know, I just liked it. So, yeah. Now, I just keep thinking about your sister seeing it, Jacob. Again, this is screenwriter Christina Hodson. She did Birds of Prey. She's doing the upcoming Flash movie. She's kind of stuck mm. with Margot Robbie. She's rebooting uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean together, the, the two of them. Uh, um, mm-hmm. You know, are, is this the best screenplay ever written? No, like we said, it, it, it really embraces genre tropes of this, the Stranger from Another World influencer movie. But I like that it's the content aimed for a younger lady. I like like what I said. That it is a Miyazaki esque movie, a a film mm-hmm. about you know, you know. I said there's no post credit scene, and it kind of wrapped things quickly up at the end. We don't need to see her finally turn on her father's car in that last moment. It is a nice payoff. But like a Miyazaki movie, the adventure was more that she found better mental health towards the end, right? You know what I mean. Um, And -hmm. does it have these screenwriting things of what director Alex Ross Perry calls like a blender, which is, 
you know, that thing that a character is defined by. It's not like a MacGuffin, which is what brings you towards the end. It's sort of the thing that moves you throughout. It's it's her diving, you know, or mm. if it, it would be like if I kept saying to Jacob, oh, watch out about your car. Hey, your car this weekend. And then in Act 3, right. his car breaks down, right? You know, yes, it mm-hmm. has stuff like that. Could it yeah. be less clunky? Could it be a better scene of her going, you make a noise like a bumblebee. I'll call you bumblebee. Yeah, I don't know. Again, I <laughs> When just he was like literally it. filled with bees? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Was, yeah, Colin, oh. you know, with the diving, I was going to mention that yeah. it feels a little tacked on like they do. It does come around at the, the climax. She has it gives to jump her something to triumph thing. over, Jacob. Right, but it's like she was she was a diver, but she's also into like building cars or whatever. She has like two different hobbies that she like is excels at, which I guess whoa, you know whoa, some people, people are too complex hobbies. young woman. How dare you say she's two dimensional? <laughs> right, yeah, too many hobbies. But uh, no. no, I mean at times the the screenplay it, there's formulaic aspects there. Where yes. you're like okay, I can see what they're you know doing, but a lot, you know a lot of good movies have that. So it's just like you know. You can see how it was made, but it doesn't. I still liked it, and it's very enjoyable. When you're watching it, you don't feel, uh, you know, it terrible it, or yeah. gross. No, yeah, so no. it's good. I say ditto yeah. to that exactly. Ev, any final thoughts you want to give about Bumblebee? It's a great coming of age story um, for a teenage girl just trying to deal with her grief, like just trying to yeah. figure out herself and what's going on. And she yeah. has to meet a transforming robot that helps her. Yes, That's it. Yes. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. She also takes down a government agency or two and defeats <laughs> evil aliens. It's great. <laughs> she also destroys <laughs> yeah. the internet as it's created. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. That's right. But that yeah. And then there's like a male wording. interest who was kind of tagged along. Yes. Whatever. Yeah. Rosie Huntington yeah. Whitley yeah. in the third one is as dumb a character as uh, Mojo or whatever his name is Memo. in this movie. Memo. You know, it's Memo. like he doesn't yeah. need to be defined. He's the boyfriend. Yeah. No. They even put yeah. Mattel toys in like his room, which I was just like, oh my God, you put Mattel toys in there. <laughs> yeah. They, uh, they had the Secret Wars, like Marvel action figures, which Mattel would have had the license to back then. Wow. But it was just like, you couldn't have put like anything else that Hasbro or Kenner would have had. Yeah. Put a Micronaut. So, put a G.I. Joe, you motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. Or something. But no, it, whatever. It was funny. So. Yeah. But no, awesome. I love this movie. I hope other people who haven't experienced it, get to watch it and just be like, yeah, you know what? That was a good 80s movie. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. We're made in 2018. Well, yeah. <laughs> with great graphics. Look, all right. We did it, Normies. Yeah. We talked about all six Transformer movies. We'll be back. Uh, there, There is a seventh coming. We'll, we'll cover it and we'll laugh about the fact that we did the other six. But, uh, you know, hit us up on our social medias at Normies underscore like underscore us. Let us know what you thought. Say, oh, I had so many Generation 1 Transformers. Or, oh, I love the cartoon series. I picked up on all that stuff Ev was saying about, you know, the homages and shit. Yeah, you know, we, we want to hear that. But we also want you to reach out and say, cover some other stuff. Oh, did you like Cruella? Did you like some other stuff? We got more stuff coming out. We're out of Transform A, baby. We, we got more content coming to you. That's right. And check us out on YouTube, Normies Like Us, for the video versions of our podcast. Hell yeah. So you can see our beautiful faces. Mm-hmm. Ev, is there anything you want to plug? And, uh, Social media, yeah. anything? Uh, you can find other videos of me stumbling awkwardly on YouTube under Hasbro Pulse as I hey. show off a new Transformer product that's coming out. Ooh, follow Gosh, those, nice. please. <laughs> 
stay up yeah. to date on the newest Transformer stuff. If you've ridden with us for this long, listeners, you must be uh, pretty dedicated to the Please. cause. So, yeah, be sure to check it out. <laughs> All right. Otherwise, yeah, we've been your been hosts. It. This is Colin Jumper. Mike Wave. This is Bumble Jacob. Special guest. Evan Tron. Thank you all for having me. Thank you, Evan Tron. Pleasure. Thank you. And uh, thanks for listening. All right, watching. Nice. Take care. Roll out. We will always protect you. <laughs> Die! <Goodbye>. <laughs> <laughs>